Um, we have a guest speaker this morning. He's not one of the people that has applied for our job. So uh, you don't have to listen to him with that, but just uh, enjoy Johnny. Johnny is someone who's known to one of our leadership team, and uh, this uh, date has been booked for quite a while now, and Johnny has agreed to speak to us. So this is Johnny Pozzo. He will introduce himself and uh, tell you which church he's a pastor of. So please sit back and listen uh, to what he has to say to us. Good morning to you folks at uh, Norwich Central Baptist Church. It's great to be with you this morning, not in person, but through technology. My name is uh, Johnny Pozzo, and I'm the pastor at New Morden Baptist Church, and I've been greetings uh, from all the folks here to you. Well, it's been some year, isn't it? Well, I say year, um, it's been longer than a year, isn't it? Um, some 16 months, uh, um, very different time indeed. Uh, some really challenging times because of the COVID and some really um, some encouraging, inspiring times, real highs and lows, real mixture, learning how to do church differently, learning how to be Christ to one another and to our communities, uh, yeah, in just a different way. And I'm sure you've had highs and lows too. But I want to talk to you this morning about the importance of daily giving thanks to God, whatever our situation or circumstance. And I want to ask, start by asking you a question. One, how do you begin your day? Are you the kind of person who, when the uh, alarm goes off, uh, you jump out of bed and you say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. New day. Thank you. Yeah, maybe. I think that could be you. Or maybe you're someone who, when the alarm goes off, uh, you have a hammer by your bed and you love just to smash it to pieces or at least put the snooze button on several times before you manage to crawl out of bed and you say, Lord, another day. Praise the Lord. Now, I know, obviously, it depends on how you're feeling or what's happening uh, at that time for you. Um, and it could be that we're different personalities as well. We have different characters. We respond in different ways with different things. You know, some of us, when we see the glass, we see it half empty. Some of us see it half full. We're all different. And I don't want to pigeonhole any of us. But uh, it's just interesting to see how you begin your day. I, I believe how we begin our day is really important. There's a famous financer called Sir John Templeton, and his ambition in life was to make as much money as he possibly could. Now, you might say, well, that was a bit of a selfish, self-centered ambition. But it was an ambition that was to make as much money as he possibly could in order to give as much money as he possibly could away. See, Sir John was a Christian, and uh, his... Um, he generously gave away millions of pounds over the years to support in, uh, incredible charities, and, and both Christian and non-Christian. And he did an amazing work. And he used to do something which really uh, spoke to me uh, a few years back when I read about it. And before he'd get out of bed in the morning, he would give thanks to God for one new thing every single day. And I tried to put that into practice. In fact, I do put that into practice. I'm not quite as good as Sir John. I can't come up with one new thing every single day. But I, I before I get up, I tried just to give thanks to God. 
before I begin my day and rushing to the day. And you may say, well, Johnny, that's okay for Sir John Templeton. He was loaded. He was a multi-millionaire, billionaire. And I don't know you, Johnny, but your life may be perfect. But my life is far from perfect. My life is full of problems and pressures and all kinds of challenges. And to be honest, I haven't got much to give thanks for, personally. And also, when you look at the news or you, you listen to the radio, there's not much to give thanks to, to God there, either. Now, I know we don't live in a perfect world. I wonder if we did. I wonder what your perfect world would look like. In my perfect world, I could eat as much pizza as I want and I wouldn't put any weight on. In fact, the more pizza I ate, the more weight I'd lose. Amazing. In my perfect world, my hair wouldn't be disappearing down through my head and coming out my nose or my nose and my ears. In my perfect world, Chelsea would win the Champions League every single season, except when the Canaries win it, of course. In my perfect world, my wife and I would have two children. In my perfect world, I wouldn't have had to have buried one of my best friends at the age of 40. We don't live in a perfect world. You know that and I know that. That doesn't mean that we can't learn to daily give thanks to God. There was a group of um, students who were asked to uh, come up with what they thought was the seven wonders of the world. And after much discussion and much debate, they came up with the following. They chose Egypt's Great Pyramids, the Taj Mahal, the Grand Canyon, the Panama Canal, the Empire State Building, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, and the Great Wall of China. Now, there was a young girl who would normally be very involved in the discussion and debate that had remained completely silent throughout the whole of the afternoon. And the teacher observed this and, and spoke to her and said, you know, um, are you okay with what they've chosen, what your classmates have chosen? Have you got anything you'd like to add or anything you'd like to say? And at first she was a bit hesitant. And then she said, well, but I don't disagree. All these things are amazing. They're incredible feats of architecture. They're beautiful. But to me, the seven wonders of the world are this. It's to see. It's to touch. It's to taste. It's to hear. It's to feel. It's to laugh. It's to love. You can imagine the classroom went silent. It's so easy for us to forget that every day, the, the normal things that we take for granted, that we can see, that we can smell, that we can feel, that we can love. And it's only when you lose these things that you realize how precious they are. 
They're physical things that we can give thanks to God for every single day. There's also other things that we can give thanks to that the Bible reminds us of. Psalm 104 says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We have a lot to give thanks for. He forgives, he heals, he redeems. He pours out his love and compassion and he satisfies our desires with good things. He renews our strength. We have so much to give thanks to God for. And even in the midst of these challenging times that we have, that we experience, these are the words of Apostle Paul. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18, he says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. So even when we are going through this challenging time, Paul is encouraging us, challenging us, commanding us to rejoice always, to pray, continue, and to give thanks in all circumstances. You say, Paul, are you sure? I mean, yeah, I'm a bit of a laugh on you. I mean, yeah, surely we don't give thanks to can for cancer. We don't give thanks for um, all the tragedy we see around our world. But we don't give thanks for these things. But we give thanks to God in the midst of these things. And the reason we can do it is because there are a number of promises that we have. I just want to share two with you briefly this morning. And the promises that we have in God's word are this, from Romans chapter 8. You see, we can give thanks to God in the midst of difficulties and problems and pressures because in Romans 8, verse 28, we read this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we know that even in the midst of difficulties and tragedies and problems, that God promises to bring good out of it. Now, we may not see how that's going to happen. It's confusing. It doesn't make sense to us. But that was the experience of many people, the experience of Joseph in the Old Testament. After his brothers had thrown him into that system and then sold him into slavery. Years later, when he ends up as prime minister of Egypt and his brothers are standing before him, and when they find out who he is, they're petrified, they're terrified that he's going to take his revenge. And yet Joseph says to him, brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, so that I could save you, my family, and the generations to come from famine. It was the Apostle Paul's experience when he found himself in prison once again for the umpteenth time. 
And the, the fellow believers in Philippi, they couldn't quite believe it. You know, they said, oh, but what's going on? Why is the Lord allowing you to be imprisoned again? And Paul says, this is good. I rejoice that I'm in chains. Why? Because I can preach them to the prison, prison guards. And the prison guards are responding to the gospel and they're getting saved. Revival is happening in the prison. I read a testimony many, many years ago when I was first a Christian about um, a Chinese pastor called Pastor Lam. And one of, um, he was in prison simply for being a pastor and he spent something like 25 years in prison. And he loved to praise the Lord, but every time he praised the Lord, the prison guards would beat him. They gave him the most awful jobs to do, and one of those was to clean out the cesspit on a regular basis. And he, he said that he used to have to climb into the cesspit and up to his waist in order to scream. And he'd have to clean it out. And, of course, it stunk. It was disgusting. But he said, there in that place, he was able and free to worship the Lord as much as he wanted. And the prison guards wouldn't come anywhere near him. He said, that place became his garden, a garden of praise. And he loved and he longed to be in that garden. See, what the enemy means for evil, God can bring about for good. The other promise is that even in the midst of our challenges and our problems and our pain, that he promises to be with us in it. Romans 8 verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long, for we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, God promises to be with us even in the midst. Now, uh, so we're not trying to bury our head in the sand. You know, we're not saying that what's happened to us isn't painful. Um, we're not trying to kind of somehow, you know, um, big ourselves up and pretend that, um, you know, it's, it, we're not facing challenging things. It's important. The Psalms are full of people who are real and raw. Lord, why have you forsaken me? You know, why don't you sort my enemies out and, and stuff like that? But well, we have these two amazing promises that God will bring good out of it and two, that he will be with us. Back in 2014, I had um, the privilege of being on sabbatical and I went to South America. I went to Peru for a few weeks to visit um, friends and missionaries and church planters out in Peru and had a good time there. And then I went from there to Brazil. Uh, just so happens that in 2014, the World Cup was going on. And it just so happens that my brother was also living out there at that time. Uh, so I um, met up with my brother and some friends in um, Rio, and we went to a few uh, of the England games, um, which was uh, pretty painful, to be honest. But the whole trip was an amazing trip. And during the time in uh, Rio, we went up to Christ the Redeemer. And on the day that we went to see this incredible statue that overlooks the whole of Rio, 
um, it was cloudy. And I had a big sign saying, up warning, you know, you're not going to see much. Well, we thought, look, we're in Rio, let's just try it. So we went up in the cable car, and uh, just as I said, it was completely covered in uh, cloud, and you couldn't see anything. Well, we're a bit disappointed, but we hung around for about 45 minutes just thinking, you know, come on, you know, maybe the clouds are part. Suddenly, yeah, just as we're thinking of going, um, uh, I, uh, a young people's group who were Christians began to worship the Lord. And uh, I knew they were Christians because although they were singing in Portuguese, uh, they were singing Christian songs, which I recognised. Um, and, uh, and I just thought, hey, and I said to the guy, I say, these, these are obviously, you know, young Christians and they're worshipping. They've got the guitars and they're singing. And, uh, and so um, we stayed around and they must have worshipped for about half an hour. And they were just so full of joy, so full of praise. You couldn't really see them because it was so cloudy. It was a bizarre thing. Suddenly, as they finished, the clouds parted. And there was Jesus standing in front of us. And everyone just went, whoa, Jesus. Five minutes later, the clouds came again and he disappeared. But it reminded me that actually Jesus had been with me all the time. He was there in front of me the whole time. And yet I could hardly see him. Yet when the clouds parted and the blue sky appeared behind there was this incredible figure of Jesus who was oh so close and oh so large. In the midst of our problems, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our disappointment, we're not pretending that these things are not happening. We're not denying these things are not painful or difficult or challenging. But we're choosing in the midst of these things to say, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. I'm going to give you the worship that you deserve. Now, that doesn't mean that I personally get this right all the time. There are times I feel very disappointed and very angry, very low at times. But, you know, every time I feel myself going to that place, I remind myself of a lady I met in Burundi. I've had, again, the privilege to travel to Burundi in Africa on a, a number of occasions. And on one of those occasions, uh, um, I was visiting an HIV clinic. And um, there I met a lady uh, who told me her story. And the story was this, that she'd lost everything in the fighting in the Civil War. She'd lost her husband, her children her parents, her home, and she'd been raped and she'd become pregnant. And then she discovered she got HIV. That was a story which was pretty devastating. But this was a testimony. She'd come to faith in Jesus and her testimony was this, that I didn't know that Jesus was all I needed until Jesus was all I had. I didn't know that Jesus was all I needed until Jesus was all I had. I don't know if I could say the same thing if I was in her place, but I hope so. 
And I want to say to you this morning that whatever you are going through, whatever challenges that you are facing, the Lord promises to bring you down. The Lord promises to be with you in it. Therefore, when you daily give thanks and praise to him, Shall we pray? Father, Lord, there's so much that happens in our world that we don't understand. Lord, so much that confuses us, so much that disappoints us. But Lord, today we want to say we choose to trust in you. We choose to bring our thanks and praise to you because we've got so much to give thanks and praise and this day would you turn our mourning into rejoicing or would you take our offering of praise would you receive it from us with thanks with gratitude or we say we love you and we trust you and we worship you Lord, this day, would you impart to us your peace and your strength. Whatever you're going through, may you know the peace of God with you. The presence of God with you. And the power of God within you. Peace and strength to you today. Amen.